Hello and welcome everyone to episode 36 of the VGC Trainers School podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake, and I am very happy today to bring you the pre-Worlds episode where we have a lot to discuss, and I am very, very excited to get into it. And you're going to help me talk about what we could potentially be seeing at the World Championships. I do have two fantastic co-hosts. First off, we have Tim coming back on, the engineer behind uh, Mouse Lab. So thank you very much for um, for coming on again. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me again. Great. Um, so with Lab Mouse, you've been doing a lot with bringing on like bringing in uh unofficial tournaments for regulation d to provide people like a, a scope like a sense of the meta and whatnot so they're very excited to get into that but outside of pokemon or right outside of that i guess what have you been up to not really a whole lot i've just been spending the last couple of weeks in nova scotia relaxing with uh with some family and messing around a bit with an Armadidi Sunroom team on Showdown, which has got me to 1700. So that's been a record for me. I'm quite proud of it. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Great, great work. That's a, it's always a fun uh, best of one ladder pair. They're just very, very good together. And with me as well, welcome on John. How are you doing? Good. I was just, I was just telling uh jake and tim before the podcast that my parents are in town here in colorado so i'm getting to spend some time with my family um in my like summer internship thingamajigger is coming to a close in a couple weeks so i'm trying to get like all the colorado things done like we're going up to pikes peak which for our viewers is what's called a 14er or a fourteen thousand foot mountain you can either drive up all the way yourself or you can take a train up there that like allows you to see the view all around the mountain without worrying about if you're going to like fall down the mountain <laughs> while you're driving up because it's a very narrow shoulder on the outside. So uh, yeah, so doing a whole bunch of Colorado things this week. And on the ladder, I've been trying, I've been like trying to organize my thought process with preparing for Peoria mm-hmm. um, because it's going to be regulation E. So we don't know what's going to be allowed then but like the skills of team building and of battling are still going to be applicable so like i try to divide my week up into team building tuesdays and then and then that's like the quote-unquote start of the week and then every day after that is just testing the team iterating with the team what have you so i've been having fun more or less just taking really common ideas but putting my own spin on them because i feel like in reg in reg d we have a lot of different archetypes but you can fill them out and flesh them out in whatever way you want so I've been enjoying doing that. Very cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's a nice to have that schedule set for yourself and then being able to stick to it and apply the lessons that you're learning from day to day, week to week to continue to get better. And as you know, Peoria will be here sooner than we can imagine. So that's uh, that's all very, very exciting for me. Uh, not too much in the way of ladder stuff, been really focusing much more so on the the draft league that we're in, even though it is quote unquote an off season meta, I still am really enjoying it because I haven't done draft league in, in several months. So this has been nice to get into Tyler and I have been doing pretty well. We're at three and one at this point, only two games remaining. So if we can win at least one of them, we should be 
good for playoffs. So we'll see how that goes. But also, let's look ahead to what we have for this episode. So we do have some news to get into that has popped up both in the world of Pokemon and also some for the VGC Trainer School. And then for the topic today, we're going to be talking all about the World Championships, which are happening at the time of this recording in just about four days, which is insane that after you know months of the release of Scarlet and Violet to several different regulations, here we are, the first World Championships that we have for Generation 9. It's very, very exciting. We have several people from the VGC Trainer School community who are going to be going, so we certainly wish them all the best. But we're going to be getting into some of the usage rates for these Pokemon, some combinations, some meta teams, based on the information that Tim has been so amazing to bring with the Lab Mouse tool to be able to pull all that together. And then also end it with some predictions that will, I will also post into the Discord that we'd like you to respond to. You know, how do you think some of these are going to go, such as, you know, what uh, what Powdagian Pokemon do you think will have the greatest usage rate or something along those lines? So that should be exciting. But let's jump first into the news. John, can you please take this first one? Play Pokemon has started a brand new thing. At the World Championships, they have started a fantasy league. So what you can do is go to the Pokemon website, the official Pokemon website, like www.pokemon.com, and you can fill out a fantasy league for for both TCG and VGC. So like the top six cards that you think will be used and, and or the top six Pokemon you'll see used in VGC. So this is how much, how, what do you think will show up in the top eight of the master's division? Not just overall usage, not the seniors or juniors, just the top eight of masters. And there are going to be prizes for those that score really well. I think there's like a prize tier for the top 100. And like the top scorers are going to get stuff like a full size spiel plush. Like it's going to be your best friend ever, whoever wins. Now, be warned that this only is open for U.S. residents that are 18 or older. And I think also in Colombia of all places. So if you're in the U.S. or you're in Colombia and you're 18 or older, you can do this fantasy league. Uh, you can compete to earn prizes. It's totally free. It's you just select all the stuff is on the website. It's no sweat whatsoever. Yeah, I learned that the hard way this morning when I tried to uh, select my draft and it would not allow me. R.I.P. Canadians. That is unfortunate. Uh, John, have you have you done your fantasy draft league yet or your, your draft team for this? I have. I have done my draft team of boppers for this and I want to pull up my stuff if i can so the way that it works is pretty neat you'll have to like pick you can't just like pick you know any six pokemon but you have to pick very specific ones like a a Paldean pokemon a treasure of ruin a paradox a returning pokemon and that way you can sort of build your team from there so it's you don't have completely free reign to be able to do it it's all sorted alphabetically which can be a little difficult since as you're scrolling through, they're not necessarily listed out by usage or anything like that, like Charcadet or Capsicid 
if you even know what those Pokemon are, are listed near the top. So you have to scroll through and find them. You can also do like sort by, you know, uh, Pokedex number if you want to, or filter by individual type, or you can search them if you specifically want to. But it's it's really neat. This is like this is the first time they've ever done something like this. So it's I like that they're thinking outside the box, and it also helps to garner more interaction from the viewers. Oh, totally. I love it. And, and it, you know, it's not even like a ESPN fantasy league or, or whatever. Like I know one of my roommates this past summer was doing a fantasy league for the Tour de France. Wow. So everybody has these nowadays. So it's really cool that you actually like pick all your stuff and you're like, oh, I want to see, do, do does my team get there? Um, so my picks were Goldango, Fluttermane, Chienpao, Urshi, Rapid Strike, Tornadus, and Amoongus. And I was just like, one, you could probably just make a team out of all these. But two, like all the categories were kind of weird because the first Pokemon I was going to put in was definitely Fluttermane. But I think the first category was like, what is the Paul Dean Pokemon you, you pick or something like that? And I'm like, Fluttermane is the Paul Dean Pokemon. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> and it's a paradox Pokemon, not a Paul Dean Pokemon. I was like, whatever. So yeah, I, I like that uh, we have like a, a lot of people did the Fantasy League in our in our little server and a lot of i think almost all of us picked like goldango or something <laughs> or i think no i think all of us picked chien pao for the treasure of ruin which i think is a very safe bet if you're if you're going to do the fantasy league thing yeah i would definitely definitely agree with you there just because it it works out certainly to your favor i didn't go goldango i went uh I actually just did it right now. So it's it's one Paldean, one Paradox, one Treasure of Ruin, two newly acquired, so two from home, and then one returning. So I went with Ferrigraph, Fluttermane, Chi Yu, Rillaboom, Torn, and Amoongus. Because I'm banking that people are going to stop using Heatran and they're going to start using Chi Yu. That's my that's my sort of meta call on the uh, the Treasure of Ruin instead of going Chin Pao. But who knows? I like the Ferrigraph pick. Yeah, Tony will too. <laughs> cool. So yeah, very exciting to see. And I'm and I hope that we ultimately see who wins and like they continue to do stuff like this. Next piece of news. Tim, please. Uh yeah. So the play Pokemon VGC rules were updated prior to the upcoming world championships. And so they just wanted to emphasize and make a very clear message to strongly recommend not using Pokemon provided to you by other people. They'll be taking a much closer look at the legality of Pokemon. And this can result in game losses or possible disqualifications based on the severity. So yeah, just be extra careful when uh, when making your team. Definitely for going to Worlds, definitely don't use any uh, tools for generating them. And even if you are you probably shouldn't be taking them from friends, but even if you do, make sure that you really trust those resources. Yeah, and I definitely, like, um, it's, I wonder, right, are they saying this just so that they can, like, get out front and say it, but they're not actually going to change any of their practices with the hack check, or are they really going to be, like, no, no, this shiny in a beast ball with a mark is so improbable that it can't be real. You know? Well, I think the official statement is something that I think goes out every year. And it's just a reminder of that part of the rule book. And so I don't think the 
the like email thing yeah was anything in particular but it was it was the thing from the judge that was like oh hey guys <laughs> they're upping their game this year mm-hmm. that made everybody be like oh we actually need to like get our stuff now yeah the statement is kind of a standard thing that you see in school about uh don't plagiarize don't use ai but yeah it's still something to just yeah don't openly cheat yeah yeah so we'll we'll see how that goes. I hope it doesn't result in any disqualifications or any or anything like that. But if it does, I mean, it'll certainly certainly cause a stir because it seems like up until this point it was kind of like a yeah, don't do it, just don't make it obvious. <laughs> but well, some so, people uh, have gotten DQ'd for it. Yeah, that is true. So it's certainly certainly possible. So we'll uh, we'll see it, if anything happens. I'm sure that social media will be all a flutter. If that does occur. All right. This next piece here is for the VGC trainers school. We have some additional news for the merchandise. So as those that listened last episode, know, the merchandise came out, the official link to access those, the t-shirts and the polo that were available has is now live. So you're able to go check those out. They look really, really cool. Again, I said it last week, but I'll say it again, a shout out to Tyler for, coordinating and facilitating that we did also add a hat like a baseball cap as well as a hoodie so a lot of stuff is up there so if you want to really represent the vgc trainer school definitely do check those out and it's all really good quality stuff so that'll be that'll be sure to uh should be good and this last one which is a sort of a uh, a sneak peek for what will be happening tomorrow as of recording John, please. So we are recording this on Monday, August 7th at some time in the evening. But on August 8th, that is Tuesday, August 8th at 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 a.m. Pacific time and whatever else time, wherever you are, Pokemon is going to have a Pokemon Presents. And we don't know if if this will be like 10 minutes or like 35 minutes or two hours, but Pokemon Presents, August 8th, 9 a.m. Eastern time. This could be potentially big news. It could be pretty lame news because Worlds is coming up this week and there's always some big reveals at Worlds. So since we're recording this podcast a day early, guys, what do y'all think is going to be in the Pokemon Presents? All right, so I'll start. So I think they're going to give us the DLC dates, both of them, for when they get for for when they're going to drop. I'm not going to necessarily predict when it will be, but I think they'll have to be sometime in the middle of like middle of September and middle of December is what I'm thinking. Um, I also think that we're going to get a Gen 5 uh, Legends type game where they're going to do the dragons. I know that everybody's been talking about that as like a foregone conclusion that they do another one that it'd be really cool to do like a story on the original dragon. I think they'd be really neat. I didn't play Gen 4 or Gen 5 growing up, so being able to go back to uh, Gen 4, even though it was Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, it'll be cool to experience Gen 5 if they do that. I don't know if they'll do a remake for Gen 5 or if they'll announce it, but it could be right in line with, you know, when they could potentially do a Legends Arceus or like a, you know, type game. And then third, let's see... I'm going to skip stuff like Unite News or like a new terror raid because I think that's already a foregone conclusion. 
I think they're going to do. I'm going to call it. I think that they're going to put the Game Boy and Game Boy Color games. So like red, blue, yellow, gold, silver, crystal on the Nintendo online uh, subscription thing. I think that's going to be like their their big reveal at the end. Spicy takes. What about you, Tim? Uh, well, I think the one thing that they're definitely going to touch on is Pokemon Sleep. Now that that's been out for around two or three weeks. So they'll definitely be talking a little bit about that. Maybe have some kind of special uh, gift to redeem on there. Uh, I, I think, Jake, you're right. They're almost absolutely going to have some kind of special raid event that they're going to announce. Uh, contrary to that, I think that with the timing, they are not going to be announcing any new games. Just because we have the DLC around the corner and also all of the focus at the moment with ads and everything has been on the World Championship. And they've been releasing tons of videos about that. And I've seen ads everywhere. And it's just been the primary focus. And I think to announce a completely new game uh, just a few days before it would really draw attention away from it, which they want to avoid. Good point. That is a really good point. And also, y'all, those like World Championship ads are bomb. Yeah, they're they're really good. So good. And like uh, they didn't, I don't remember them from the previous years. They're so good. It's just the little one minute uh, ad which covered uh, all the different game types. And it's just so well done. Like super well done. Like if they keep, if, if they had like one that would maybe run for regionals and stuff, but just like tell you, hey, go like check the play Pokemon website for regionals at all these different games, mm-hmm. that would go so hard. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think I agree with y'all on like the terror rates. Like, we don't have um, Incineroar or Primarina in the game's data right now, so it's not like we're gonna get like another one of the starters anytime soon. Um, but we do have some legends that are in the game, so I would think we're gonna like because I remember for Pokemon Day they did Mewtwo in Sword mm-hmm. and Shield. Then we had the Shiny Zero Ore raids, and we had the Urshifu raids at some point. So like, I'm thinking like a legendary raid. Maybe that we can't even catch, but like a legendary raid with like sick rewards. And when I say sick, it's like air quotes because yeah. we all know it's still going to be lame. But like legendary terror raid, definitely coming. And I don't know if they're going to do anything, any like explicit DLC news because they might, like Tim was saying, might be saying, okay, let's save the DLC stuff for like the end of worlds. But I can also see them say- saying, no, we had too many announcements um, to say at worlds. So we're going to put some of this here Real. but yeah i wouldn't i would it, yeah, it'd probably be something about dlc i wouldn't i would say because regulation e starts in october i would bet you that the dlc is going to be coming out or the first dlc comes out in september maybe not like the first of september but like it has to be if we're changing uh, to the DLC format, it has to be like before the last week in September, because <laughs> otherwise nobody can play through it before we can get all the new Pokemon or whatever. Exactly. But uh, yeah, and then you have like all the other random games. Like, there's probably going to be some TCG ca- download or something like that. That or like a Pokemon Go. There's going to be like a Pokemon Go thing. Definitely a Pokemon Go thing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, so according to Cerebi, it is 35 minutes 
Oh, it is 35 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it should be pretty beefy. I mean, it could be like, that could be enough time to like have like a spinoff game or something like that announced, but. Yeah, a spinoff game is. I highly doubt it would be a mainline game yeah, or a yeah. Legends game, but something like Mystery Dungeon would be really cool. Joe, another Mystery Dungeon. If they remade uh, the Darkness or the Sky one, those would go so hard. People get so hyped for those. I've never played a second of one of those. Maybe I should check those out. Uh, yeah, you should definitely check out like the Explorers of Sky or Time and Darkness. I think those are better than the original ones, but the original okay. ones are, are still cool. Okay. Alrighty. Well, we'll see in a little more than 24 or a little more than 12 hours, I guess, how those come to pass. Alrighty. Well, let's move into the topic at hand. So again, the world championships in Yokohama, Japan are happening this coming weekend where the best of the best will be competing against each other for day one and then day two. And then it's top cut, right? And they do the top eight and the championships and all that kind of stuff. So to get everyone excited for that and to sort of give a preview of what we think is going to be the meta moving in, we brought in the one and only Tim to discuss Lab Mouse's information that he has pulled together from the last eight major offline or unofficial tournaments for Regulation D, and we'll see how some of this information plays out. So set it up a little bit, but if you want to just go a little bit further, Tim, on what exactly you were able to do with the information available and what we have today. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, it's the the latest nine, not eight. I added one more last All right, minute. let's go. More info. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is covering... The the nine largest tournaments over the last two months for Regulation D, going all the way to the beginning of June, all the way to the end of July. So that is uh, three Beanie Brawls, um, five uh, of the Nino Tours, and the Himmy Burnt's um, Grizzly Tour, which that one came out of nowhere with 100 people. So all of these tournaments have approximately 100 or more and what I did was just take the top eight teams from each tournament and tried to uh, run some usage stats to see what was popular and how everything did. I wanted to do something a little bit more complex than just usage stats. And because if something appeared in uh, the top eight every time, but only got seventh or eighth, it's not quite as notable as the ones that actually won. And so... I ran a calculation taking the average usage per tournament divided by the average top placement. So it's not a perfect uh, calculation, but it gives us a, a pretty good estimate. That's exciting. So these are these are all major major tournaments, a lot of information. So we'll see how it all ends up playing out. All right. So let's first start with just some of the the, the top used mods over this time period from these specific tournaments and also look at the uh the, the placement with usage and and whatnot so Fluttermain, obviously no surprise at number one versus rapid strike amungus chen pao rillaboom iron hands heatran landers therian tornadus i and goldango round out 
top 10. Was any of that surprising to you, Tim? Absolutely not. And in fact, um, if you know Ro, who recently joined the uh, VGC Trainer School Discord, I've been friends with him for quite a while. And prior to this, I messaged him and a couple others and just said, hey, can you guess the top 10? And he got it first try. Not not the wow. exact or not the exact order, but he nailed the top ten without even trying. Yep. I mean, if you've been on ladder, you can do you can nail the top ten. Like, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I guess I'm kind of just surprised that Landers Therian was a little bit higher than tor- uh, Tornadoes Incarnate. I mean, I know that it's you know only one point, but I guess just like early on, Prankster Tailwind was everywhere. But I guess Intimidate's a little bit more useful. Yeah, Tornadoes. Or- did not actually True. Tornadus did not actually appear quite as well. Tornadus did appear more often than Landorus, but Landorus on average placed higher. Okay, that makes sense. I guess it, it's interesting. Is that because there are f- almost not like fewer of them necessarily, but it's doing better as opposed to Tornadus incarnate maybe is like being weighed down by some of the bottom teams, I guess. Cause like everybody was just like, Oh yeah, I'll just throw torn eye on here because I get prankster tailwind and then don't necessarily use it as well as somebody who is committing to land OT. Uh, not exactly. The, with these calculations, I was only taking the top placements okay. because if I did the average placements, then flutter main would have been a lot lower because it's on almost every team. Gotcha. Yep. That makes <laughs> sense. So if, if you're looking at the, uh, each individual tournament, it placed uh, seventh, second, uh, didn't appear, didn't appear, fifth, sixth, first, first, fourth. So it's not doing bad, but it's pretty average. That makes sense. What about you, John? Anything? Uh, what uh, sticks out to you here? Well, so this this column where we have a spreadsheet in front of us. That's what we're all looking at. Mm-hmm. This column that has the usage over the top placement is really interesting because it looks like there's several quote unquote tiers of, I guess, top placement appearance. Cause we have Fluttermain that has, you know, a 4.0 or whatever, like that's done. It's just everywhere. And if it's on every team and you place in top cut, like, of course it's going to be everywhere in, in these usage stats. So whatever. And there's like, and there's a clear drop from Fluttermane to Urshifu Rapid. And then there's a clear drop from Urshifu Rapid to Amoongus. And then there's this cluster until between Amoongus, Chien Pao, and Rillaboom. And then there's a drop at Iron Hands and Heatran and, and Lando T. But then there's another drop at uh, Tornadus I. Right. And so there's like these uh, particular gradations at each level, which I think is kind of interesting that you would have, you know, for example, your Landorus T is quote unquote overperforming your Tornadus, but it's not actually overperforming by that much. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not like Tornadus T is going to be like a, like a once you get into top cut, your or Landorus is not necessarily a guaranteed win button at all. Nor even is Flutterman because of just how much it's it's being used. Right. It just tells you that these are the Pokemon that are putting in work, and some of these Pokemon put in a lot more work than others, just at a glance. Right. And I think that that also reflects my experience on the ladder. Like your uh, Rillaboom and your Iron Hands are like your premier fake out users, but Rillaboom has a lot more synergy with a lot more Pokemon because Woodhammer is not a tech move on Rillaboom and Woodhammer can Oko a lot of stuff, but 
Iron Hands has to use a tech move to be able to Oko Fluttermane, for example. You have to use Heavy Slam, otherwise it's not going to happen. Or you have to use like Booster Energy or a bunch of other stuff to make it happen. So that makes that makes sense to me why you have these two fake out supports that are that have really high attack stats, but one of them, quote unquote, is appearing to do better than the other. So uh, one other thing to note about Landorus T uh, as as to why it's placing higher than Tornadus is also possibly because this meta and with these team compositions, it is very uh, switch heavy with a, with uh, Rillaboom and Iron Hands both having fake outs and both having U-turn to be able to swap into uh, Landorus T with Intimidate. They mm-hmm. like to swap a lot. And we have Heatran that has five four times resists. And Landorus has a four times uh, ice weakness, and Heatran has a four times ice resist. So, like, we have not only a lot of switching, but also a lot of good defensive types in this metagame. I mean, that was chalk, right? Like, that was one of the one of one of the core pairings with those two because yeah. they do just benefit each other mm-hmm. so well. Yep. And then now, you know, you throw in Rillaboom, and there's your mutual water weakness taken care of mm-hmm. which is great plus i mean you know lando doesn't have to rely on earthquake anymore which is great so the grassy terrain is actually just beneficial in in every regard so stomping tantrum is nuts mm-hmm. <laughs> that it got even though it's only 75 uh base power stomping tantrum like having a single target ground move is so great for it yeah because we, we say it all the time i mean ground stab is incredibly Incredibly viable, which is why Great Tusk had such a such, such you know great usability early on in regulations B and C even because you know especially with headlong now it, that was also because of headlong rush too but it was uh, the combination of ground and fighting which is so good. Okay, looking a little bit further down, you know Cresselia uh, and Ursa Luna right there at thirteen fourteen that kind of makes sense. I'm a little surprised to see Roaring Moon at 15, to be totally honest, because I feel like I never I never see it anymore. Roaring Moon is uh, the one caveat of this calculation that it was just kind of thrown off because it appeared in one tournament it and it appeared twice in there and it got first. So it's yep. uh, it's the one outlier of this calculation that just kind of gets thrown off. That makes well, sense. and also it's the same th- issue with Baxcalibur and King Gambit a little further down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you see like a perfect 1-0 placement, that's a that's a little bit sus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So some other other ones of note, you know, Chen Pout 4, then Dragonite down at 11. That had been a very common pairing, but we've kind of talked about this before, but it feels like it seems like Chen Pao Dragonite isn't as much of a pairing anymore because Chen Pao is almost going to benefit more so Urshifu Rapid Strike, Rillaboom, Iron Hands more so than just relying on Dragonite, or Dragonite more so relying on Chen Pao to be able to do damage. Chen Pao seems almost like a little more splashable into teams as long as you have at least one or two physical offensive Pokemon. Yeah, absolutely. Chen Pao is just... It's not only offensive. The uh, Swords of Ruin is just such a good support ability that... Uh, Dragonite needs Chien Pao to really thrive, but Chien Pao does not need Dragonite. And with the home uh, adding in Landorus T and Rillaboom and uh, Urshifu, it's just got so many additional physical uh, partners. And also, 
I think we talked at some point about bolt, quote unquote bolt beam coverage, which we haven't really cared too much about complementary offensive coverage in this metagame or in previous metagames because it just winds up happening. But I see I've seen quite a bit of Qian Pao and Thunderous, for example. And that's like ice plus a flying type, but the flying type isn't Dragonite anymore. And so you have a lot of different options to pair with your Qian Pao for your quote unquote flying Pokemon. Whereas in previous metagames, we just did not have good flying Pokemon whatsoever. <laughs> like Paldea gave us Kilowattrel of all things. <laughs> it's a good flying Pokemon. <laughs> Man, I love Kilowattrel. It's, it's so it's so cool, but it just stuck. It just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's got a it's got a neat like some neat you know gimmicks with it with like what is it wind power and then is it volt absorber gets as well volt absorbing competitive it would be so good if wind power was like uh wind rider so wind rider is the bramble gas ability that's uh-huh. immune to all the wind moves if wind power was an immunity rather than like a thermal exchange where you still get hit by it <sighs> kilowatt will be so much better yeah. Yeah, because electric flying is always just such a fun type combination. It does so well. Okay, some other ones of note on here. I'm honestly a little surprised Amoongus, after all this time, is is number three. And I say that only because I would have thought by now it would have fallen off to some to some degree. But it still just continues to hang around because of the fact that it pairs so well with Fluttermane. And Urshifu Rapid Strike being so prevalent, it's just a phenomenal counter to it because of Rage Powder and Rocky Helmet, if it wants it. Plus well, and four, obviously be going good. And this is also best of three settings versus ladder settings. True. In best of three settings, you don't have to guess where the Terra Grass or the Overcoat or the Safety Goggles are. Good point. Yeah, good point. it's just such a good support, especially with even if it gets taunted, uh, you still have Pollen Puff as an option just to heal your uh, allies. And we saw that in NAIC, there was at least one match where it was a mirror match of Iron Hands Amoongus. And I think it was the last two Pokemon on both sides and it just took forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was kind of funny. Okay, so that again is the top the top 10 with some other sp- uh, sprinkled in there. You know, obviously I'd be remiss if I didn't count call out Frigraph at 16 with an average top placement of 3.25 and average uses of 0.67. So it's a usage top is 0.21. Other ones on here. I'm glad to see Basculesion is up there. I think that's really neat because I think that's just such a, such a fun, strong, cool Pokemon. Such a great evolution for Basculin that it was able to get. And with adaptability on that thing, it just hits like a truck. So of this list, what Pokemon do you think maybe outside of the top 10 might make a nice splash in Yokohama? I'll start with you, Tim. So uh, Chiyu is placed at 12th on the list and as primarily due to not having incorporated recency bias in these calculations. The It did not appear very often at the start of Regulation D, but at the tail end of Beanie Brawl 20 onwards, it placed first, second, first, third, second. So it did significantly better in the second half 
And I think that, Jake, what you said earlier about more people dropping Heatran for a more offensive Chiyu is definitely uh, what we might see more of. And I wouldn't be surprised if it takes top 10. Nice. I like that uh, vote of confidence. <laughs> I completely agree with you. Uh, John, what about you? Something outside of the top 10 you think could really make a name for itself? Yeah, Fundy I, I think. Because, it, I mean, it's kind of legendary for how Ray Rizzo used uh, support of Thunderous, I think, like, in, like, 2011, 2012 or something like that. And support Thunderous is, like, super good right now. Partly because Defiant Thunderous is just hot garbage. But even, like, a Specs Thundy Eye thing, like, we don't really need to see that. Because Wild Bolt Storm does a ton of damage. Thunderbolt does damage and is accurate. So we have, like, real electric moves in the format again, uh, which we were missing for a while actually and was a big reason why we had terror water as like a super common terror type in reg b and definitely in reg c but now that we have a real electric pokemon back um both well besides iron hands of course like a, a, a special electric pokemon uh we have thunderous with just that one stab and then all the support moves you could probably want you have taunt you have eerie impulse you have rain dance you have um, scary face, you have just a ton of different options to mess with your opponent's game plans. And I personally enjoyed using Thunderous to like Thunderwave stuff and use it as my speed control, but it also puts a lot of RNG into your favor. And if you're trying to make a, a deep world, a deep world's run, you want to be exploring how to both increase your odds of hitting your moves and also decrease the odds of getting screwed by our RNG. Right. And so if you're hitting your thunder waves on your opponent, that is giving the RNG more into your favor uh, because they have to now deal with a 25% chance to do nothing that turn. They have to deal with halved speed every turn. And you don't have to deal with any of that on your side because Thunderous is already immune to Thunder Wave itself. And you could also use it on like a manual sun team because it learns Sunny Day now. So it just has like a ton of options. I could definitely see it doing a lot better than we might see in recent results or whatever i like that i think for me i already mentioned for rigoraf and basket legion i don't know if they'll necessarily make the top 10 i'm gonna say i think don dozo actually it's currently at number 20 but i think that it's just been kind of waiting in the waters a little bit and I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna do well. I mean, I know that it's sort of that sort of doesn't necessarily make as much sense because Rillaboom is just a great check to it, as is the constant intimidate cycling with Landorus Therian. But I don't know. I feel like the 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 sort of like support Dondozo with Yawn is still very very strong, and because like you know Mono Water does extremely well. And uh, that's going to be my call. I think that Don Dozo is maybe not necessarily Reign Supreme, but I think it's going to be pretty significant in the world's format. Reign Supreme. It was Reign Dozo just like last month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So that's the individual Pokemon. Now let's talk about a little bit about the usage. So like the, the combinations. So we've done this before where the output from Lab Mouse will show the most common combinations of two, three, four, five, six for the teams that we have. So correct me if I'm wrong, but Tim, this is now looking at all those nine tournaments for, uh, top, for those combinations. Top eight of all those nine tournaments. Okay, great. So 
looking through those, anything else that you pull together to be able to produce some of these percentages and what these these all these numbers mean? No, this is pretty standard to what LabMouse does, though I had to do a lot of it manually. Okay. Okay. Cool. So we don't necessarily need to look through all of them, but things that sort of jump out. I guess we can start from sort of like the, the bottom and go up with the combinations of two and look through those to see what is significant. Obviously, no surprise that the top two, top three Pokemon from usage being Fluttermane, Urshifu, and Amoongus are the two top combinations with Fluttermane, Urshifu, Rapid Strike at 30.56% and Amoongus, Fluttermane at 30.56% usage. So obviously that is a very potent group of three, which is not the number one combination of three, which I actually find interesting. But yeah, so other ones in there of note... Uh, Chen Pao Urshifu Rapid Strike, which people were salivating at with the drop of home initially. Amoongus Iron Hands, which has been around since Regulation B because of redirection and pollen puff support. And there's Heatran Rillaboom, which works out very well. Any on here that you want to call out, John? For your Goldango fans, uh, your top cores or your top two on cores are your Goldango Rapid Strike, Goldango plus Urshifu Water. Or a uh, Goldango plus uh, Rillaboom, which both of those make sense because like Goldango doesn't like Fluttermane that much, and Goldango doesn't like Fire Moves a whole lot, and both Urshi Rapid and and Rillaboom can take care of those guys for him. So if you're a pay to win fan, <laughs> use Urshi Rapid and, and Rillaboom with it. That is a good way to look at it because it's like if you want to focus on like one Pokemon and see what those those key partners are. Yeah, that's that's really good for Goldango. The the other partner that also appears here at 12.5% is Goldango Chen Pao, which makes sense because Chen Pao also benefits the Urshifu Rapid Strike and the Rillaboom that are then the partners of Goldango. So all that kind of certainly makes sense. Uh, what about you, Tim? Oh, I've just been looking at some of the very common pairs that we would uh, see very early on in Regulation D and see how they're doing. So Tornadus Urshifu Rapid Strike, we saw uh, 14 at 19%. Uh, so that one is still around, though not as common, as well as one that everyone was talking about early on the, in Regulation D was Cresselia Ursaluna. And we only saw nine appearances of that in total across the nine tournaments. So 12.5%. Uh, and it's, I think people have started to figure out how to use Ursaluna now, but uh, very early on, this is just what everyone was throwing onto a team as a pair and not really understanding how to use it. Right. And also going further on that is that you'd think that, you know, Cresselia and Ursaluna, that was what you always saw together, but that's actually the third most common pairing featuring Cresselia with Fluttermane and Iron Hands being above that of Ursaluna, which I don't know. There's something that is kind of funny about that because it's like, I do really like Iron Hands plus Cresselia because you have that fake out support as opposed to having to rely on setting up Trick Room in some capacity and then switching in Ursaluna or just having them lead. And then you just have a almost a guaranteed protect slot to be able to proc that flame orb. So giving that fake out pressure and then being able to sweep under trick room is really nice with iron hands. And of course, Fluttermane just goes on 18. So it makes sense why it's such a common pairing here. 
And also Cresselia helps out Iron Hands with both uh, opposing Amoongus's on the Spore and your occasional Arcanine with Burns with mm-hmm. Lunar Blessing to clear both of those statuses. And in case your Fluttermane gets spored or slept, you can also Lunar Blessing after both of those conditions are applied to it. So it, it, it makes sense. You have the strong strongest ar- offensive mons in the format, and Cresselia is just like right there next to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I even looking further through this, um, it's like the the top four combos are Fluttermane or Shifu Rapid Strike, Amoongus Fluttermane, Chen Pao or Rapid Strike, and then Rillaboo or Rapid Strike. So it's like those are five Pokemon right there that just kind of make up a team. You could even like, and you can run, you can easily run double grass, which we've talked about, and it wouldn't be weird because Amoongus and Rillaboom do very different things, but they complement each other well. Because then the next most popular combination is Fluttermane, Rillaboom, and then Chen Pao, Fluttermane. So it's like, it's those five Pokemon keep getting recycled over and over again in these top combinations, which makes sense because they are some of the highest ones in usage rates. Yeah, it's kind of funny to see Chin Pao Fluttermane in number six here, because those two aren't even like that great of a pair together. It's just that those two are just so uh, applicable on any team. Yeah, which is interesting because you think that, you know, with how, how many people were trying to make bulky Fluttermane, Chen Pao just taking that defense right away. But it doesn't matter because it's really there to support the other Pokemon on the team. And then Fluttermane's able to come in at the very end when it's like, I just have two mons that are 135 speed and you're going to have to try and, you know, eat this priority or double target or single target or whatever you got coming at you. That's a lot of pressure regardless. Okay. We sort of talked about some of those combinations of three. So let's go to closer to the top with the combinations of four. Some of these, these are more like almost, I don't want to say fully baked teams, but definitely more concrete teams that people could be seeing coming up soon. So a couple of the first ones, Chen Pao, Heatran, Rillaboom, Urshifu, Rapid Strike. And then tied for that at number seven is Cresselia, Fluttermane, Iron Hands, and Ursaluna. I find that a little surprising that we see like the, almost the Trick Room team is the number two most, you know, uh, combination but it does make sense because it is a very solid core having Ursula Iron Hands and Cresselia plus a super fast Pokemon like Fluttermane, which could also be used to set Trick Room if it wants to. Yeah, Iron Hands, Ursula are just such a great pair for Trick Room that go nicely with Cresselia. And uh, Fluttermane itself is a very good option if you know you're not going to be able to get that Trick Room. So they, they complement each other pretty well. Look at some of these other fours. Uh, any any others in here, Tim, that you wanted to talk about? Oh, let me take a look. Well, we did see the other other top uh, core was the Chien Pao, Heatran, Rillaboom, Urshifu, Rapid Strike. And that was just the very obvious Fire, Water, Grass core plus Chien Pao. And I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot of that at Worlds because mm-hmm. it's just such a good standard. I agree. Also looking here, something that you know jumps out to me, Chen Pao, Dragonite, Urshifu, Rapid Strike, Fluttermane. The Chen Pao, Dragonite, Urshifu, Rapid Strike, plus you know your special attacker, that's just, that's a group of four that is very, very good. It works into everything. I've used, I've used that core before, um, not including Fluttermane, but like just Chen Pao, Dragonite, and Urshifu, Rapid Strike 
that that trio is just incredibly, incredibly potent because it forces your opponent to respect any combination of those four, especially when you slap a uh, choice scarf onto the Urshifu Rapid Strike. You have so much speed, so much damage, pivot options, as well as priority that you can really do a lot into just about anything that your opponent could throw into you. You can even like race terrain. You have, you know, you can, you're good in trick room if you want to be. And then you can always pivot out into probably more bulky mons that you're going to have in the fifth and sixth slots on a team like that to help support whatever weaknesses or deficiencies you may see. And that's always, that, that's, that's a, that's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you see, um, uh, around the same spot there at the top, Goldango core is Goldango, Rillaboom, Tornadus, Urshifu, Rapid Strike, which honestly just screams rain. Mm-hmm. And that feels like a very good core for a standard rain team. Yes. Yeah. Cause Which is a... interesting though, right? Because like a, you, you would usually think in past years of rain team requires your water sweeper to have swift swim on it. Right. Like double ducks with gold duck way back in sun and moon oh, or yeah. like Ludicolo with swift swim or like all the fossils with swift swim, whatever. Right. Usually like I have to have a Pokemon that goes really fast in rain. However, we kind of saw this year that Palafin at first, well, it has priority jet punch, but it's also, you know, kind of fast already. It's base 100 speed. So it doesn't need to be that much faster to be a quote unquote rain sweeper. And I think the fact that Urshifu Rapid is going back to the spike myth thing of being the premier rain sweeper is exactly what you're saying, Tim, of you don't have to have an ability that inherently combos with the weather to use a weather team. Yeah, absolutely. It's a rain being able to diminish the uh, fire type moves for Goldango and Rillaboom while mm-hmm. also boosting, even though Urshifu doesn't have something like Swift Swim, uh, rain boosted surging strikes just hits so hard. Yep. Yeah, and also too, it being the other, the other interesting piece about that is that it's manual rain. You know, like you, yeah. you would expect to see something like, I mean, we, we don't have Politoed, which is very unfortunate, but you maybe expect to see like Pelipper in there or something like that to be able to give you that auto rain. But being able to just set it up whenever you want to with Torn is very nice because you don't have to necessarily, because it also helps to benefit against like Sun teams, like, you know, with Torkoal or, or something like that. Also, I see on here uh, the first NDD female uh, does not feature armor rouge in its pairing it's fluttermane I, female tornadus and urshifu rapid strike that's interesting to me because it's like you think tornadus and you think prankster status and then you see urshifu rapid strike and you think like oh well it's got to have aqua jet but ndd sort of shuts that down but what's interesting is like yeah tornadus is prankster status but it's like benefiting your team with tailwind the only thing that's really like a prankster status attacking something else would be like taunt but it doesn't even technically need that if it's like Tailwind, Rain Dance, Protect, and or even like Icy Wind plus Bleak Wind Storm. So like you can get away with it. And because of redirection, you don't necessarily need Aqua Jet if you don't want to. I am actually uh, so sad about you mentioning Indeedy not being with Armourish because there are 53 unique Pokemon that made uh, the top eight across these uh, nine tournaments. And Indeedy made it, Armourouge didn't. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's every single team that had NDD that made top eight did not have an armor rouge. It got close, and there's lots of uh, armor rouge has made lots of appearances in top eight, but just not in these uh, super large tournaments. It's usually in the ones that are like forty to fifty people competing. That is interesting. I mean, I guess it's it's one of those things where it's like maybe armor rouge is too. I don't know. They to be expected in a way so it's like you can you sort of know how it's going to play but it is it is uh it's it is kind of funny that even we saw that like very early on in regulation a even b and c it's like we never really see armoruz and dd in the top eight but it was there was always speckled all throughout the top 16 the top 32 but it just never quite got there at the top that's the same case with these that it's been in the top 16 several times and even in the most the recent one, the the Nino Tour uh, seventy three, I know it got ninth. It got so close. <laughs> Darn, just missed. Mm-hmm. John, any others from the top four that you want, or the other uh, these combinations of four that you wanted to call out? Yeah, I was looking at the Tornadus numbers just to see all your different modes, in particular, if there was like a a Tornadus that had a heatran next to it but that might actually be clicking rain dance instead of sunny day on it if that makes any sense the idea being you could have a rain mode on your team mm-hmm. but heatran hates the rain like with a passion because it hates the water moves and it's commonly terra grass so it hates hurricanes that are sure hit into it but i don't think i'm actually seeing that many yeah at least in the in the fours, I don't see any heat trains that would also be on like a team with Urshifu Rapid and something else that would also want rain. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, everything else on this is kind of like, yeah, duh, this is my ladder experience. Right. <laughs> that is very true. That's true. Okay. Uh, we'll close out this section with the most common combinations of six. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that, um, so like they're the, the, the groupings of these are only, you know, three or two, but still these are top teams, you know, featured in the top eight multiple times. So these two that are both at number three, first one is Chen Pao Dragonite, Fluttermane Heatran, Rillaboom, and Urshifu Rapid Strike. Seems very straightforward or at least common from what we what we have seen. The next is Ferrigraph, Goldango, Reggie Drago, Rillaboom, Tornadus, and Urshifu Rapid Strike. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is this second team here with Ferrigraph? Is this the one that got first and second in that Nino Tour? And that's why it's yep. sort of here at the top? Okay. That's the one. Got it. It got, <laughs> it got first and second. And then also in the following tournament, it placed sixth. Got it. Okay. I mean, still, still good, but it is. I, I wonder if that's more of like a, you know, almost like a time capsule of that specific tournament, and maybe not something that will be recreated moving forward. Yeah, I think people will run it at Worlds. I don't know if it'll be that common at Worlds, simply because Reggie Drago is so tough to use, mm-hmm. and it's and it's something that if you get out of position with it, you are just toast. Yeah. It's also um, one thing to keep in mind with these compared to the actual Worlds tournament is that a lot of these tournaments are best of one. Unt- or actually, no, sorry, I'm wrong. These are best of three. 
Yeah, sometimes sometimes Nino will run like best of one Swiss and then best of three top cut. But mm-hmm. yeah, those are all for the for the world championships experience. I think he was going for at least. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you are correct that Reggie Drago is a very difficult one to pilot that mm-hmm. you definitely need some additional support. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Sorry, uh, just quickly, one other thing I wanted to mention. Oh, the yeah. uh, Chen Pao, Dragonite, Fluttermane, Heatran, Rillaboom, Urshifu, Rapid Strike. Mm-hmm. It, it's a very common core that you will probably see a lot. But I'd just like to point out that not only did it appear three times in top eight, it placed first, first, and third across uh, three tournaments. That is... Yes, you did have that here on the on the last sheet, which is certainly very very significant. Like two two first place finishes is really good because this is I think we've talked about it before. This is a team that doesn't feature any sort of speed control outside of like maybe icy wind on a flutter main or something like that. But it's typically just like this is a very good balance team that works mm-hmm. in and out of trick room works with screens or against them and then you have multiple modes with whatever you want to do multiple fit yeah you know at least one fake out mon on there and just really good defensive options and switches and stuff like that and of course the firewater grass core and fantasy core which is good uh yeah it's got the fantasy core too (laughs) okay so before we switch gears and end on the predictions any final thoughts that you guys had on what we think the meta is going to look like going into worlds. I don't think we're going to see a lot of it, but I'm with you, Jake, that I really hope we see more basket Legion because I think it has a lot of potential on the right teams. And it's definitely not one that's going to be on every team, but I think it could perform extremely well. And I think that's, I think basket Legion with Pelipper is actually a case where Tornadus is not helping it because Tornadus can't use helping hand. And so you can't both have rain up and click helping hand to just smack something with a terror water wave crash or like a last respects in the end game. That's just not a line that, that Tornadus gives you, but I've used that duo a fair bit. And there's just sometimes where the opponent just does not respect that. And their Cresselia is just off the board now. <laughs> and Cresselia is like the, like the bulkiest thing in the game. <laughs> wow. And it's just off the board. But yeah, I think, I think like the, Manual weather is is a good shout just because it allows you to run a, some flexible members, right? Like so you can run like a rain mode on your team, but you don't have to have every mon that likes rain on the team, or you can run a sun mode on the team without everybody on the team liking sun, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ophamezi in like one of the Reg C tournaments had like a sunny day Murkrow with a Gyarados on the team mm-hmm. at one point, which was really cool because Gyarados is a strong water type physical attacker but can't do any damage in the sun, right? Um, so you can choose when to turn on the sun so that your Urshi Rapid can do, you know, as much damage as it wants and then turn it on late game and finish it up th- from there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also one thing, I noticed a lot of these cores are pretty like mid-speedy or faster and offensive. So I think if some people can figure out how to do hard trick room, not just like trick room, trick room, but like hard trick room really well, I think that if there is a counter meta team, I think that would be it. But it's incredibly hard to pilot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you've been saying you've been talking about hard trick room that you've been really enjoying it. Um, at least uh, when you've been on the past, so I could definitely see it still working because 
if it gets up and you are your your setup, I mean, it can really just tear through teams in few turns. Alrighty, well, let's move on to this last this last section segment here. We have some predictions and over unders for this uh, upcoming World Championships. So, for those that haven't heard of these before, I have some couple statements here. Our predictions are going to be based on like if we think it's going to be over or under. X amount of Pokemon or something like that. And we just pick what we think is going to be there. So first one here, which home Pokemon not named Urshifu will see the greatest usage rate for all of the tournaments? So everything moving forward is like for, you know, all inclusive day one and day two stats and all that sort of thing. So like everyone that, that makes it in the usage rates there, Tim, We'll start with you. What home Pokemon not named Urshifu will see the highest usage rate? Uh, question first. Does a home Pokemon include the Hisuian Pokemon or only Pokemon that were not that were from previous games not previously attainable? It is everything that was able to come in through the home update. So Hisuimons, um, previous Pokemon, that sort of thing. Okay, well, outside of Urshifu, the two obvious choices are Rillaboom and Heatran, though I think with our discussion about Chiyu, I think we'll, we'll probably see a little bit less Heatran usage. So I think it's almost undoubtable that Rillaboom, even though it's competing for that grass slot with Amoongus, it's still probably going to see the highest usage. Okay, John? I'm on team Rillaboom. Same reason. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And same. I've been talking up Rillaboom for a very long time now, so I would be, be I'd be remiss if I didn't say that. I think that's going to be Monkey Gang number one. Yeah, I think Lando T is going to be number behind Urshifu Rapid Strike is going to be number two. That's that's going to be my suggestion. That's good. that's my my thought. But um, yeah, for number that number one spot, quote unquote, I think that it will be Rilla. Uh Which Paldean Pokemon not named Fluttermane will see the greatest usage? John. I think I think it's gonna be Iron Hands, not because Chimpow won't be common, but because Iron Hands it just fits on a little bit more teams than Chimpow does. But okay. it, it'll be very close. Okay. Tim? Oh, uh, I'm gonna say yeah, I'm gonna say Chimpow. I think it's just such a good uh both offense and support that it'll just it's so and it's so influential on uh, the meta, even more so than Fluttermane. Okay, I'm gonna go with yeah, I'm gonna go Chen Pao as well. I think it's I think it's it's just too too good on it's just too good to pair with some of the top moms mons like Rillaboom and Rapid Strike that it's gonna be there. All right, which genie will we see more of in the top sixteen? Now for this to work. Landorus Incarnate and Landorus Therian are the same Pokemon. So do you think that there's going to be more Landorus, more Tornadus, or more Thunderous in the top 16? Uh, what about Enamorous? Enamorous as well, <laughs> yes. And I didn't, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Enamorous as well. <laughs> we know what the wrong answer is. <laughs> I'll go. I'm going to say Landorus T. Landotharian, I think, is going to be in most of the top 16. I can't say uh, Tornadus T. <laughs> probably, probably not. You could. You could just say Tornadus T if you want to be specific. But I think, yeah, I think uh, Landorus for me. 
Uh, yeah, I agree with Landorus, uh, especially with uh, not only Lando T, but Lando I has a very good niche spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for that reason, I would also say Landorus, just because Lando I would definitely get used by like a French person or something like that. I can tell you who will be the least used one, though. Okay. Probably Enamorous Therian, because that thing is incredibly awful. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Get. It's, yeah, it's it's just I wanted to pick up more more damage than it does, more kills. It's just and it's weird too because it's it's an overcoat mon and it's immune to ground. So it's like plus dragon. So it's like you'd think that it'd be good. I don't know. Something there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which paradox Pokemon not named Fluttermane will we see the most in the top 16? I think Iron Hands is the obvious choice here, but I'm actually going to say we haven't even talked about it once, so it's probably going to be wrong. <laughs> but I'm going to say Iron Bundle is going to be the most in the top 16. <laughs> it's an EUIC moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that everyone's going to be like, you know what? This thing is actually good. I'm sticking with Iron case. Hands. <laughs> Iron Hands is definitely the correct answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. You're right. That's fine. Um, it's okay, okay, Jake. We can be wrong sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How many Fluttermane will we see in the top 16? Over <laughs> under 12.5. Tim? Ooh. You think we see 13 or more or 12 or less? I think we're going to see like 10. Okay. Just okay. because we're going to have a lot of different teams from Japan who I've not been taking a close look at i expect a lot of weird teams we weren't expecting okay just taking the under all right john i'm also taking the under just because i'm thinking like 12 or 11 that's like perfect okay (laughs) uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna take the over on it because i think that i think that people were experimenting with some of these unofficial tournaments and when it comes down to a ton of money and prestige, they're going to be like, you know what? No, I am just going to use the best Pokemon that has ever been created. Okay, which Hisuian Pokemon will we see most of in the top 16? Basque Legion male. Okay. Gotta specify male. (laughs) (laughs) Because the female is garbage. Sorry. (laughs) The patriarchy is winning this one. (laughs) All right, Tim. Uh, I'm going to say Ursaluna, but I hope it's Basculegion. Okay. It is probably Ursaluna or or Basculegion. I'm actually going to say Gudra Hisui because that thing has kind of gotten slept on a little bit, but it can win games by itself if you don't have something for it. And who knows? Maybe uh, maybe some of these top Pokemon done because you know what it does? It counters Rillaboom pretty well, sort of. All right, last but certainly not least, what country will the winner be from? Tim. Canada. Canada. I have to root for my home country. Okay, I like that. I like even that. if I even if there's not as many, I need to root for them. All right. Who knows? Maybe Semper will bring it home. Uh John. Japan. Home Japan? field advantage. 100 yeah. percent Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all the uh, all the par- all the paras are gonna go on there. So no, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, no, it's all the Will-O-Wisp miss. <laughs> misses true. are going to go on their side. <laughs> I was going to say Japan going in, but 
to shake things up, I'm going to stick it, keep it in the, uh, keep it in NA, but I'm going to go with the United States. Maybe some, maybe someone from here will bring it back. RIP EU people. Like, to be fair, the, uh, uh, the Japan definitely has a home field advantage and they're a lot more accustomed there, but we are going from, or they're going from a almost strictly best of one tournament format to best of three. So mm-hmm. I know they're very quick on adapting, but we've just been dealing with best of three for a lot longer. So we might have the advantage in that aspect. That's true. That could very well be. Which we will soon see exactly how it all goes down. The festivities are right around the corner. The battles will be taking place. The champion will be crowned and the world will remember their name. We'll see what happens in Yokohama in just a few short days. So we're going to wrap up the podcast there. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on and talking through this. I really do appreciate it. Well, end with our goodbyes so we'll start with you tim thank you so much for having me again yeah it was wonderful just joining to uh just talk shop with you guys about data awesome and john basket legion of the moon you can only hope <laughs> and thank you everybody for listening we hope you've enjoyed not only this episode but every episode leading up to worlds go enjoy it class dismissed